so interesting, we have a lot of Santa Fe Trail buffs in this area, but so often people that I talk to have never heard of the Mormon Battalion in this episode. For some reason, it is it is history that that has disappeared out of this area, and I find that interesting. One of the main purposes for the trek was to research and better understand the Mormon Battalion's route. One of the stories everyone likes to share is when the battalion were so desperate for water, they drank from a buffalo wallow, straining the bugs through their teeth. Ew. But just where was this buffalo wallow? Puzzling about the location, Kevin shared some descriptions of what he was looking for with the locals and Santa Fe Trail experts. Well, when Howard Kane heard it, he said, Why don't you come over for breakfast tomorrow? I think I have something you'll be interested in. And you know what? You're going to hear the rest of the story here in this podcast. Hi, Howard. Hello. Kevin is here. Hi, Howard. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you, Kevin? I'm, you know, healthy and wealthy and why? Well, okay, maybe this two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> well, you're, you're doing good. <laughs> and, and Howard, remind me, is your last name pronounced Cohen? Uh, typically in my area, it's pronounced Kane. Kane, okay. But it doesn't matter. It's Cohen in other parts of the country and some Cohen's here and, and uh, don't ask me why the difference i have no i have no idea it's just a cultural thing i guess or a, kind, of, kind of where you grow up well it's it's kind of like general carney's family uh they pronounce it carney like a, a, a circus carney yes everybody else pronounces it kearney right exactly yeah howard it's, it sounds like once you heard about the mormon battalion trail you got interested in it and it kind of become a local expert on the things that happened with the Mormon Battalion Trail? Well, somewhat, <laughs> largely due to what I gathered from your site and, and also reading. I'm, I'm uh, almost finishing the diary of Sergeant Tyler right now and read some other. Another interesting book I read was Dangerous Passage, and you may have read that too, and it specifically covers the Santa Fe Trail in the the war in the U.S.-Mexico war. Yeah, and uh, I, I have that on my shelf. Yes, I, yeah, I, I need I need to get you some uh, resources. Yeah, one thing I I pulled out of this is a little bit off the topic of that of that watering hole, but uh, I discovered this man by the name of Michaud. Duval, he was a plainsman, hired at Fort Mann in 47. And so apparently he had a lot of uh, experience in Southwest Kansas along that area of the Santa Fe Trail. And part of my presentation, I have him becoming friends with Elva Phelps and watch, and marching with the battalion for three or four days till they cross the river to make it to make it be a personal story narrative instead of just a remote thing that happened. So I don't know, you know, of course that's, that's a, uh, 
historical narrative, fictionalized, but it brings it alive. I thought you might be interested in that. And you'll find Michaud Duval in that uh, Dangerous Passage book. I'll go look at that. Oh, that's interesting you would say that. Alba Phelps is my relative. Yeah. And I just um, interviewed a a lady that has um, Henry Standage's journal. And she just read me the passage where they buried him, where he died, and they buried Alba Phelps. It was very touching. Yes, that that was quite something. And and I you probably uh you probably yeah, I think I told you Danny and and I'm sure you knew this, you know, that river was dry there in this area of southwest Kansas in in 1846, which is very unusual to find that out. Hmm. Well, you know, it, it's like most of those dry rivers, they they're dry for a while and they pop up above Sure. Then they go dry again. And so it's kind of on again, off again kind of thing. But yeah, it certainly wasn't flowing. That's for sure. Yeah, because they, that one, uh, and I'm sure you read this too, that from, you know, east here a ways, they started walking down the the sandy riverbed. And I thought that was really interesting because most people in this area thought that the Arkansas River ran continuously until Colorado stole all of her water. <laughs> so <laughs> never was a reliable water source. One of the other things I thought was interesting is uh, Levi Hancock says uh, he came across uh, the tracks of a catamount, uh, a mountain lion, and he said it leapt 15, uh, 18 feet from one oh set of tracks to the next. Good. Mountain wow. lion, that far east, that, that, that one surprised me. Yeah. Well, Back in that wild country, that's that's possible. You know, even even here now, once in a while, we hear reports of them. So, oh, yeah. So it wouldn't be totally out of out of the picture, but quite rare. Let's put it that way. Well, nowadays, anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a very dry year when we were there. And everyone was very concerned about the drought. And that was one of the Mm -hmm. things that really touched my heart was the courage and the fortitude you all had to just, you had a lot of faith. You were drilling your wheat. That was something that was new to me, the word term drilling wheat. (laughs) Drilling, I see. uh, There's a lot of farmer terms that we know what we're talking about, but other people that aren't familiar with it would say, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, we've had many, many, many dry years, and that's that's typical uh, of that country. If you get west of the 100th meridian, as you well know, that you know it's basically called the Great American Desert. It was quite remarkable. I have down here in my journal that we had breakfast with you on the 13th of September, 2008. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote near Copeland, Texas. That's certainly not where we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were a little ways away from there. Uh, mercy. Yeah, it says our starting point was by Londa and Howard Keynes, and their farm is near a place thought to be a watering hole on the Santa Fe Trail. Yes. All right. So let's let you and Kevin figure out how you figured all this out. <laughs> okay. So I had been, uh, this was one of the sites that uh, 
the original trail study back in 1969 and said, ah, maybe it's at this place, but that seems too far down the road. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense. And then uh, I got hold of Google Earth and started poking around and trying to figure things out. And uh, I agreed uh, it, it, the location they had proposed, they were right. It was too far away. And um, it just, just wouldn't fit the march distance. But anyway, uh, then I came across the maps of the Santa Fe Trail Association by Greg Francois and their, their group and, and realized there's a, a site there in that area that uh, kind of lay between two branches of the middle, of the middle uh, uh, crossings. But yes. as I typically did, I, I played kind of dumb told Ken and some of the other people there in the Santa Fe Trail Association, I said, you know, one of the places we're looking for is, is this buffalo wallow hole. And it's supposed to be big enough to hold a couple thousand buffalo. And, you know, here it is in, in September and it's still, still got a little bit of water in it, but not much. And do you know of any place that might fit that kind of bill and, and be somewhere in this general area? And so then they played dumb too and just shuffle this off to you folks <laughs> okay yeah so uh how did how, how did they uh, did you already know that that was a, a watering stop for the santa fe trail well uh i have i have been somewhat aware uh over the years that it probably was a fairly important place and and i think and, and I think there's ways to verify that. Um, one of the facts that I believe gives it some credibility is that just to the southeast, about a half a mile, is a hill. And uh, my friend Lester Unruh has done a lot of digging and exploring on that hill and has found lots of Indian artifacts. And it we have reached the conclusion that had Indians have lived there for probably hundreds of years and they like to be close to water. And, and so, and growing up as a child, I grew up three miles from that area and that, that hole almost always had water in it. There were times it could be dry, but typically speaking, it did have water. It was a fishing hole for people to drive all the way from Garden City to come fish there. So, um, and, and my friend Lester Unruh too has been a Santa Fe trail buff much longer than I have. And he said he has read articles and even seen pictures, and I would like to see that, of 75 wagons parked around that hole. Uh, off of the Santa Fe Trail. So I, I think there's pretty good evidence that it was a fairly, I don't know of any other place growing up in that area to the, and to the Northeast or continuing on the Santa Fe Trail that there would be any place close enough to the Santa Fe Trail that could have fit that that uh, purpose and description. So that's a little... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt here. Here's a thought that occurs to me from what you've just said. Now the Indians aren't stupid; they're they're pretty darn smart. So if they're perched up on a hill a couple of miles away, 
that allows them to keep a lookout for when the buffalo uh, herds come in and, and plop down there at the watering hole. Yes, yes, it, it certainly would have. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. So, and they were very close. They were to the south of the 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 trail that would have uh, the middle crossing at or the Cimarron crossing there at uh, town of Cimarron. That that trail would have come to the south side of that lake, and the other one, as you were saying, the one uh, that crossed the river west of Ingalls would have been to the north of that lake or wallow or whatever you call it. So either either trail would have had fairly ready access to that lake. And as far as I know, that lake has been there forever. So uh, it has been changed a little over the years with land leveling and things, but the, the basic lake has remained the same. And what I find remarkable about it is why is it such a huge depression? Because it is a huge depression in that area. It is. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what, what the story is about that. Uh, I, I really, I can't answer that. And you indicated that uh, the spring there, there was a cottonwood on the southwest corner there, right close to your house. And, and so how was that area used, say, back in the last century or so? Well, okay. Uh, the, that, that was the, uh, the is really not spring fed. It, it's, uh, it's runoff water from an area. Well, actually, the water comes all the way from where fairly close around there where Ken Widener lives and a huge watershed area that wound its way up to that in, into that lake. And uh, a lot of that, by the time I came along, had the, the original drainage areas had been so drastically restructured that I didn't know really how, how they all worked. But uh, that was one of the ends uh, of that drainage. And if you went like two miles further east was the ultimate end of that drainage. And, but I never did see water much at that, that place east of this lake. So I, you know, that could have been, that could have been an area uh, to the east. That would have been the final end of this, of this lake. But to get water into that other lake, this lake, the lake by my house had to be totally full and running over and then the water would start moving to the east. Huh. At least that's the way it was uh, as I was farming in that area and growing up. So I don't know, you know, what it was like originally, but uh, this lake, but that lake there, the other one I'm talking about is is even a larger place, but it's very shallow. It probably would have only been maybe two foot deep. Well, it, it could have been deeper. There was a pictures of a flood in, in the 50s 
where a house, a two-story house had water up to the second floor on that second area I'm talking about. Well, yeah, that's deeper than two feet. <laughs> yeah, but then at that rate, it would have been covering probably several hundred acres. Yeah. Just a really low area, but it did not tend to hold water. Finding that depression, we call it the buffalo wallow, along our trail was one of the highlights of Kevin's research, was feeling like he was able to pin that down a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, when you walked us out of the house and just walked us around the front, and or, no, it was the backyard, and uh, I looked at it, I thought, dang, they knew exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize I, I guess I didn't realize that that had been a new thought to you. I, I thought <laughs> this is how our memories go. I thought you had probably uh, told me that that that's what you thought, and, uh, but now you say you think you think I was telling you that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or between the combination of both of us, probably. But I, yeah, it makes sense because I did know it was a watering hole, and why wouldn't they have drank there? Yeah, I mean. It is the perfect distance. It certainly fits between the two branches. Uh, it would have held water late into the summer, even if it were dry. And it obviously it was a dry year in 1846. Mm -hmm. And uh, and all the all the guides would have known where it was at. So yeah, it's it's perfect. I, in fact, I I hope sometime in the future, if if y'all are willing, we we might be able to find some way to put some kind of memorial marker out there somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah. Okay. yeah, to remind people of that. Yeah. Well, I find I find it's so interesting. We have a lot of Santa Fe trail buffs in this area, but so often people that I talk to have never heard of the Mormon Battalion in this episode. For some reason, it is it is history that that has disappeared out of this area. Huh. And I find that interesting. Uh, that people are not aware of that. I think a lot of it is the fact that we literally were, you know, on the march. And so we're there one day, we're gone. Mm -hmm. and, and and nobody stuck around that had a vested interest in it. It's, uh, yeah. it's just those groups that, you know, whoop, blew on through. I mean, how much do you know about the Missouri 7th? Right. Yeah. Same kind of a situation. Yeah, well, we, I, can, I don't know. we can work on that. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Now, as I recall, also, you, you showed us a number of artifacts that have been uh, brought to your, your farm over the years, uh, you know, wagon pieces and, and, uh, and shoes and things like that. And I think you told me a story about a farmer that was north of you and how he came to understand the trail went through his property. Do you, do you recall that story? Uh, yes, I think I know who you're talking about. He, a uh, friend of mine, had found some ox chains on his property, and he thought the trail had, that would have been that, that uh, the north trail, the one that crossed west of Ingalls, would have went across his property. And we can see the, the tracks uh, in that area, yet there's a pasture, you can still find the tracks. You know, somebody asked me at my presentation the other evening how you, I, I told them that 
you tried to find uh, at least a reasonable location for the graves. And, and that's one of the things I remembered about you saying that you were going to try to find the grave sites. How did you go about doing that? A lot of that was just distance analysis. Okay. So for example, um, you know, you've got multiple journals and so you'll have different people talking about things. Uh, Dr. Sanderson doesn't even mention Alva Phelps dying until two or three days later. <laughs> oh, really? I see. Yeah. Well, it, it was no skin off of his back, probably. So uh, Apparently not. Uh, but a lot of these guys, um, I can constrain them probably within a mile or two uh, where they're buried. Uh, really? Okay. I, I think so. Alva Phelps, you know, I will have to draw a circle there around the Ingalls Crossing. But, uh, you know, somewhere on the south side of the river, uh, and of course, you know, I mean, you know, the wagons would spread out and they'd be all over the place. And uh, I think they described Carney's group as stretching for probably a half mile or more up and down the river. Uh, yeah, they were camped there uh, with the Missouri group. So, you know, yeah, there's not one single crossing. There were multiple crossings through an area. And take mm -hmm. your pick. Take your pick. So. Uh, General Carney's uh, group still would have been there along the river when the Mormon battalion, I, I knew the Missouri Mounted Regiment was there, but was General Carney's too? No, Carney, Carney was uh, already in Santa Fe by the time we're yes, there. That's, yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I just, when they were there, I think Ruxton, who does see the Mormon battalion at the crossing, I think he mentions that uh, they're also spread out for quite a distance. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, Which I believe sense. it would have been. And you had, uh, you had the crossing uh, like three miles west of Ingalls, somewhere in there. Is that about kind of what you thought? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Clapsaddle uh, was the one that said that uh, they would, come up onto that big hill so they could look far off into the distance mm -hmm. and see what the situation is. Then they'd come down the hill, cross the river and, and make right. their way south. Well, I'd, I'd also found that out too, that in that U.S.-Mexico war era, that is uh, that was a preferred crossing there west of Ingalls. So it okay. does make sense that that's probably what they were doing. Uh, for some reason and a few years later i think after 1850 or so they started crossing further downstream more in the cimarron kansas area for whatever reason and it might have been due to the quicksand problems that they were having yeah because you know every year shoot every day as the water flows and re you know it restructures the river bottom it's going to move yeah. sand move mud yeah uh-huh yeah I, uh, I had a fellow ask me the other evening, uh, your age when you came through there, Kevin, how old were you? Oh, I'm 67 now, so subtract okay. uh, 12, 13 from that. Uh, yeah. 54. 54. That's, that's kind of what I, I said I thought maybe mid-50s. So, yeah. yeah, so, okay, we're pretty close. With the things that you've been studying, 
what are a couple of things that have really stuck out to you that have impressed you in your research? Oh, my. Uh, particularly about the Mormon battalion. And I've, I've tried to, this, this is what my thoughts are. Uh, well, one of the reasons I do these presentations of, of our history is that we, in our era today, tend to put people like this group that come through here as a different bunch of people that they were tough and they were hardy and they didn't feel pain and they didn't get sick and, and they had wonderful days and, oh yeah, sure. That's no problem to walk, to hike 20, 25 miles because they were special. And I tell people, you know, they were no different than you and I, they, they had their tough days. They had their horrible days, their sick days. And, and I told them my last presentation, those were those were little guys that hiked that trail. They, they were not my size. They probably, the biggest of them guys would have probably been five, six, something like that, weighed 130 pounds. And to strap on 40 plus pounds of extra gear, that's a huge challenge. That's one of the major things that I've, that I think about. And I don't know, just the, the deprivation and the starvation and the lack of water is just incredible, especially when they got further west on their hike through Arizona. So you've driven out there too, haven't you? We've been in different places. We've been in uh, Nauvoo, Illinois, Council Bluffs. Uh, we've been at San Diego at the end of the march and of course i'm kind of familiar with that whole country uh from here to santa fe and and actually from south of albuquerque i've i've been over a lot of that country and now the route west that they turned and went west i would not be very familiar with that stretch but otherwise have done a lot of yeah, just over the years, just by accident, we found that place in San Diego a few years ago. You know, having this discussion with you today makes me realize I, I think we've been negligent. Um, you folks were so, and so many other folks along the trail were so helpful and instructive. Uh, you never got to see the you know, we, we shared what we had so far when we got to you, but you don't know the rest of the story of what happened as we went further. No. We may have to come out there and do a lecture for you folks. Yeah, don't really We were know. like the Mormon battalion. We were here today, gone tomorrow. Gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that was inconsiderate of me. I, I will repent of that. No, I don't, that's not, not your problem. We all had our lives we're living trying to well, we certainly did share um an experience together that uh has bound us together i think it's interesting to just have your name pop up on my facebook messages and to recognize what that did when i saw that name and realized who you were um we definitely connected in a very special yeah. way in a very short yeah. time yeah yeah i remember uh uh, Kevin telling me, he said, I, I think that we have a lot in common as far as the Mormons and Mennonites in the persecution 
that we've all went through. And that, that is stuck in my mind. I'd never thought about that before, but studying this again, I realize how much uh, hardship that your folks went through. And mine had a, mine had a different story, but um, much hardship too, and persecution over the years. Different, but the same. Yeah. Well, I think anytime you subdivide the group, uh, you're gonna find problems misunderstandings and intolerance and hopefully redemption in the long run yeah yeah howard thank you very much for your time i'm sure you've got other things to do but we appreciate it very much and you know nice we'll talk kind of arrangement come come by and tell you guys the rest of our story sure that'd be fantastic fair enough well once again thank you so much we really oh. appreciate it all right have a wonderful day it wasn't until a few months ago we learned that after being introduced to the battalion during our trek, Howard has taken a special interest in learning more about them. He is now giving presentations to various groups sharing the history of this unique group who traveled the Santa Fe Trail.